Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the PHNX Diamondbacks podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one rated sportsbook app. Uh, my name is Jesse Friedman here, joined today by the one, the only Michaela Perkins, uh, as Derek Montia, of course, is still off at Disneyland doing his thing. Um, Michaela, I believe you're muted. Uh, just FYI, we will we will want to be able to hear you at some point on the Thanks. show. I'm blaming uh, that one on Jacob. Uh, it's Jacob's fault. He muted my microphone. Everybody, it's not my fault. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Had to get that out there. Uh, the Diamondbacks uh, just lost another one of those games, everyone. They lost this game one to nothing. Um, Merrill Kelly was outstanding for seven innings. Ian Kennedy pitched a clean eighth inning. And then Mac, uh, Mark Melanson came in in the ninth inning and did what we've seen Mark Melanson do, unfortunately, quite a few times this season as he takes his ninth loss of the year. Yeah, shocker to absolutely nobody. Mark Lanson blew another save. <gasps> what? Um, technically, it wasn't a blown save. wasn't technically a blown save. He just took the loss, but uh, tomato, yeah, tomato. Took the L. Yeah. Took the L. Did not do what he was yeah. supposed to do. Did not get the win for the D-backs. Uh, that was a tough one to watch, especially considering how the rest of the series had gone. At least the Diamondbacks kept this game close. And then to win in the bottom of the ninth is obviously a heartbreaker. Um, it's also super disappointing to watch the series after they just swept the Giants. But of course, the Braves, they are better than the Giants. So you get yeah. what you get. Yeah, the Braves are a little bit better than uh, the Giants and also the Nationals. Uh, I think the Diamondbacks sort of, we, we kind of thought that the Diamondbacks were, you know, starting the second half just like on a, on a tear, on a tear you know, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, potentially ready to like break their way into the playoffs or something like that. But uh, things certainly came down to earth here over the weekend against the Atlanta Braves, uh, who are an outstanding team. And I think we saw that in this series. The Braves got three incredible performances from their starting pitchers in this series. Also, Mac, I don't know how many of our audience members know this guy very well, but there's this guy named Austin Riley who plays for the Atlanta Braves, who is very, very good at baseball. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, with that double in the uh, with that double in the ninth inning to win the game, that was his 26th extra base hit in the month of July, which I believe in Atlanta Braves history, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the all-time record for extra base hits in a single month was Hank Aaron, who had 25 of them. And Austin Riley, with that double, got his 26th in the month of July. So just an insane month for him, an insane series, really, from Austin Riley in this one as he just sort of torched the Diamondbacks throughout. Uh, but from the Diamondbacks side of things, Merrill Kelly was awfully good today. And I don't want us to uh, lose sight of that in this one. Seven innings, no runs. You could make a case that he should have gone back out there for the eighth inning, Mac. He only had 91 pitches, uh, but he was outstanding once again. 
Yeah, he was tearing it up out there on the mound. Like you said, he was super efficient. He only had 91 pitches through that many innings. And um, I would have liked to seen him go back out there, especially considering the usage of the bullpen in this series, um, especially in that second game, having to burn through a couple extra pitchers. So I would have definitely liked to see Merrill go back out there. He has been outstanding on the mound recently. And uh, I think the game might have gone a different way if he had gone back out there because I'm really tired of going to Mark Melanson and situations like this and just getting my heart broken because I feel like I know the outcome when Mark Melanson takes the mound. Yeah. And like Josh Hunt <laughs> in the comments said, I'm tired of like how many times do you have to touch a hot stove before you learn not to get burned or something like that. So yeah. I definitely agree when it comes to Mark Melanson. I think I've seen all I need to see. Um, Josh, I'm going to need you to Photoshop Mark Melanson on the bullpen cart next to me because I'm ready to drive the bullpen <laughs> cart out, pick Mark Melanson up and get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, I think you're, uh, I think it's safe to say you're not alone in that. Uh, Mark Melanson has nine losses. I think Michael McDermott put in the chat earlier that apparently the all-time record, I want to say he said in the chat was 10 losses oh. in a single season for reliever. Yeah. Michael said the last time, the last full-time reliever to lose 10 games is Scott Shields in 2005 although he had a 2.87 era on the season for an angels team that went to the alcs so it is true that you can yeah you can sort of like fluke your way into uh, a lot of losses as a reliever your record is not necessarily like a great barometer of how good of a season you've had but mac i don't think there's any questions at this point that mark melanson's nine losses uh unfortunately they're genuine and this fan base has spelled every single one of them yeah, it's just, uh, it just, it comes at the worst time always, which is, I mean, it's pretty typical that that is usually what happens, but I'm done. I've seen enough. I've seen enough, Mark Melanson. Thank you for your services. Look for the bullpen cart. I'm coming to get you. We're done. We're done. <laughs> yeah, it's probably probably safe to say the Diamondbacks aren't getting two calls about Mark Melanson right now as the, uh, nope. as the trade deadline uh, gets, uh, gets near and near, which is interesting because I think a lot of people looked at that move when the Diamondbacks brought him in. It was like, oh, here's a guy that Diamondbacks can hold on to for three months, and then they can trade him at the trade deadline and probably do pretty well. Uh, unfortunately, that is not going to be the case, as Mark Melanson has really, really struggled uh, so far this season. But enough of this negativity for a moment. Uh, let's go to our king of the series, uh, which actually was not Merrill Kelly, although I certainly understand if you had uh, gone that direction. Jacob, I'm not really sure what this picture of Jake McCarthy is supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad we're like even putting that out there. Uh, but anyway, Jake McCarthy did have a good series. He was five for 10 with a double and two RBIs. Uh, and despite what that picture will show you, he was uh, very poised in his uh, first weekend with the Diamondbacks is now he's sort of the everyday left fielder. Um, which is still painful for, for a now. lot of people. For um, for now, he is the everyday left fielder. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see if anything changes there. But at least so far, Mac, it looks like Jake McCarthy is is prepared. Like he doesn't look mm-hmm. overwhelmed by this new role that he's in as an everyday player for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I was a little bit more concerned about Jake McCarthy earlier in the season. Obviously, he got sent back to Reno for a little bit there. Um, but I think the one good thing, well, there's a couple of good things, but one of the good things that came out of this series was the fact that I do feel a little bit more comfortable with Jake McCarthy being the full-time left fielder for now. 
Um, he didn't really show me anything that I was like, Oh my gosh, now we have a gaping left hole in left field and we're going to be screwed until we can figure this out. So, um, I'm fine with Jake McCarthy for now, for sure. Um, I'm impressed with what he did this series. And he also broke my heart this series when he did like the sad choo choo train for David. Oh my God. I got, I got a little teary eyed. I was a little sad. Um, but I am glad Jake McCarthy showed up for the team when they needed him in that spot, because obviously, Everybody is heartbroke when David Peralta was traded to the Rays. So, yeah, you're right. He went five for 10. He had a great series, but undoubtedly, the best thing that Jake McCarthy did over the weekend was do the little choo choo thing at second base, <laughs> which I believe, I believe we have video of that moment. There it is. Oh my gosh. That's just like, I'm not crying. You're crying. Uh, right? We're all crying. I'm crying. <laughs> Everybody's crying. crying. We're cutting onions. <laughs> There's dust in the air. We're all sobbing, crying tears. We are unwell. So um, obviously wish the best to David Peralta. I know you guys already covered this last night with your emergency pod, but I haven't had a chance to say anything about it. So very yeah. sad about David Peralta. Great human being. One of the kindest human beings I've ever met. He was so gracious to me when I was an intern with the Diamondbacks. Um, definitely meant a lot to the organization and uh, will definitely be missed. So I hope him, I hope he has all the success with the Rays and um, I wish him the best. Well, he, uh, I believe he just got his first hit with the Tampa Bay Rays a few oh. months ago. I think he went one for four uh, in his debut with them playing left field today. I think he was batting fifth for the Rays. Um, so yeah, we're excited for David and, the opportunity that he has to uh, contend for something meaningful, which unfortunately, Mac, it looks like the Diamondbacks are not going to be doing. Uh, people were all excited about the fact that they were only six and a half games out of the wild card picker as of a few days ago. Um, that is now up to nine games after this series sweep at the hands of the Atlanta Braves. So uh, not great there. Uh, let's take a look at our by the numbers graphic uh, just to kind of see a little bit more uh, what went down in this series. I know this is going to be painful. We won't stay here for too long, but oh my gosh, the Atlanta Braves, a 0.92 ERA for their starting rotation in this series. Uh, it was it was Kyle Wright um, uh, in the first game. And then uh, yesterday we saw Ian Anderson, who was outstanding. And then of course, Max Fried was incredible in this one. Um, and across the board, the Braves were just great in this series. The Diamondbacks on the other side, the pitching was okay. As you can see, uh, the starting pitching ERA is only four two four, which is mostly because of what Merrill Kelly did today. Uh, but all in all, the Diamondbacks just got, uh, completely outperformed in this series. And that has a lot to do with the Braves pitching. Yeah, there really wasn't much to look forward to this series. Um, the Braves got in there, they did what they needed to do and they shut it down. Like you said, they're. Pitching was incredible. I mean, there really isn't much you can fault about their starting pitching, where that is definitely not the case for the Diamondbacks. Madison Bumgarner and the Calebs just did not look great. So um, I actually have a theory, a conspiracy theory. Um, oh. I think <laughs> I think Madison Uh-oh. Bumgarner went out there and pitched like that because he is dying to stay with the Diamondbacks and just wanted to decrease any possibility that he might be moved. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to go out there, put up a stinker, and any interest that there might have been, even if it was a slight interest, is gone. So that's my conspiracy theory, and I'm mm. sticking with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I guess, you know, you, you never know. He, he was not particularly good in that game, that's for sure. I don't believe Mad Bum recorded a strikeout in his outing uh, Six innings, four runs, give up like eight hits and walked a few as well. Um, so he was he was not great. Um, and then we also saw Corbin Martin um, in the series yesterday or in the game yesterday, who uh, was also not particularly sharp in that one. I think he was better than he was his last time out. 
Um, he gave up four runs, which is actually more than he gave up in his last start, but there were some better signs. He was throwing more strikes. He had six strikeouts. I think he only walked a couple. Um, so a move, a step in the right direction for Corbin Martin. We'll have to see if he stays in the rotation for the Diamondbacks, though. I'm not sure if that's decided yet at this point. I would not be surprised if he didn't. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, he's he, Corbin Martin's a tricky case because we know the Diamondbacks have a lot of faith in him. I mean, he was like he was like the headliner, right, in the Zach yeah. Ranky trade at least at the time. Which it doesn't really feel like that now because Josh Rojas has sort of stolen all of the headlines in that trade because he's been a really really good player since the Diamondbacks got him. Um, yeah. But yeah, Corbin Martin is a guy the D-backs definitely want to at least give a shot. Um, so. The leash might be a little bit longer there, Mac, than than you might initially think with someone who came up and has not looked very sharp uh, in yeah. two starts. But we'll we'll have to see. I won't get the bullpen card out quite yet. We'll give it. We'll give okay. it a little bit more time before I go get the bullpen card. <laughs> <laughs> very kind of you. Very kind of you. Uh, yeah. Other than that, in this series, though, I think the Diamondbacks just ran into what is a very very good baseball team. Yeah. I mean, the Atlanta Braves just won a World Series for a reason, right? I mean, their lineup is incredibly deep. And I know Freddie Freeman isn't in there anymore, but Matt Olson is a pretty darn good replacement for a guy like Freddie Freeman who sort of feels irreplaceable, but they like mm-hmm. got pretty close to doing that and getting a guy like Matt Olson. Uh, Dansby Swanson has had an outstanding year for them, which uh, of course only continues the uh, never ending wounds from the Diamondbacks past with him being dealt uh, to the Atlanta Braves uh, several years ago. So, uh, yeah, the Braves are just a really good team, though, Mac. And even though the Diamondbacks got swept, and I think particularly this game today was disappointing with how things ended, uh, you just kind of get in touch with reality, right? I yeah. mean, there's a difference between playing the Washington Nationals or a very cold San Francisco Giants team. Versus playing a, a team like this, like the Atlanta Braves, who have been red hot for a couple months and are playing really good baseball right now. Yeah, it's kind of like a huge reality check moment to compare where the Diamondbacks are and where they need to be to compete in this league. So it's a hurtful <laughs> reminder that the organization still has a ways to go before they're competing with a team like the Braves. Obviously, that's what they're building towards and will hopefully be in the ne- near future. But Right now, it kind of, this series especially, because like you mentioned, they were only six and a half games out of the wild card spot before this series, and now they're nine games back. So it kind of was a deflating series because it took the wind out of our sails with wild card hopes. It was a reality check as to where we're at compared to other teams in the league. And it kind of just was like a slap in the face. Like, hello, you guys are not that team quite yet. So definitely was a bummer. And um, I don't think now that any shot at the wild card is going to be realistic. So um, definitely yeah. a bummer. But on the other hand, though, I was actually mentioning this as we were preparing for the show. I'm kind of glad almost don't come for me, Diamondbacks fans, that this Uh-oh. is how it happened. <laughs> because um, I'm the most optimistic, maybe there's a chance type of person. And now I definitely don't think there is a chance. And, you know, when um, Derek Hall went on Arizona Sports and was saying, like, our recent success isn't going to affect what we do at the trade deadline. Any improvements right. that we make will be to the major league roster. So now I don't, you know, I'm not holding on to false hope that, well, maybe they can keep the rest of the people on the team and maybe they'll change what they were going to do at the trade deadline and try to be optimistic and reason with myself. And now it's just, this is where we're at. This is a cold, hard reality. And I'm swallowing that pill and I'm where I'm at. So I guess for better or for worse, it's a good thing this happened because my expectations are a little bit more realistic. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it was interesting after the David Peralta move yesterday. Uh, we talked with Mike Hazen for a little while in a press conference, and he actually gave like a bizarrely different answer than Derek Hall did to that question of like, does the recent surge uh, affect, you know, what you guys are doing at the trade deadline? It wasn't like a huge disconnect. It wasn't like he said, oh, yes, it absolutely made a difference. Like we're all in buying at the trade deadline. It wasn't that. But he did say that it made a little bit of difference. I think that was like hmm. his his exact words. And um, he talked about how he's tired of losing and how he really has like he doesn't want to strip the team down. He doesn't want to be in a position where he's selling off pieces rather than trying to buy pieces. Um, so I just thought it was interesting that like even though uh, the Diamondbacks are in a spot where at least um, you know, it, it appears like they should sell. It seems like the Diamondbacks are very hesitant to fully embrace that. And and in that interview with Derek Hall that you were talking about, he was talking about how any move the Diamondbacks make, they want to improve the big league roster. Um, and I know people are kind of questioning the validity of that statement after trading David Peralta for a 19-year-old catcher, uh, which I understand. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's the specific move they were talking about, but I don't know, Mac, it's just interesting, kind of these different signals that we're getting from the Diamondbacks front office and their, I think their unwillingness to, uh, to embrace like being an all in seller at the trade deadline. It doesn't seem like that's the direction they want to go. Yes. Thank you, Jesse. You literally read my mind. I have been saying this for years. I'm not even (laughs) kidding you since like 20, like 18 ish. I've been saying the Diamondbacks have been doing this weird half in half out retool instead of rebuild not committing to fully rebuilding trying to be competitive while they're retooling and it drives me nuts like pick a freaking (laughs) lane and stick to it like i'm tired of mediocrity i'm tired of losing and it's just like heartbreak after heartbreak with this organization like i thought i had it pretty bad when they traded paul goldschmidt but then my heart broke even more when they traded david peralta and like i understand the reasoning behind it i get it trust me i do like behind the contracts, behind the years that were left, behind building for the better future. I understand it, but it sucks. Like, And I really hate the fact yeah. that they've done this weird half in, half out retool instead of rebuild thing. And it just like, it doesn't, th- I was hoping that this trade deadline would provide a little bit more clarity as to like which direction the organization is going. But I yeah. just don't get it. I don't get the David Peralta trade. I don't get the pieces that we got or the piece that we got in return. Like, I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand. I don't get it. And maybe I'm not supposed to get it. Like, I'm obviously not running a front office of a baseball team, but I'm tired of the mixed messages. Like, pick a lane and stick with it. Either fully rebuild or, like, whatever else you want to do, but just pick a lane. And I'm so tired. It's so frustrating. And I understand why Deepak fans get frustrated because we haven't seen any tangible results yet. Like, I guess the best thing I could point to is Zach Gallon coming here, but... Jazz Chisholm was also on a tear. So like what would have been if we had Jazz Chisholm because Nick Ahmed's always hurt. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, so yeah. frustrating. Like, Oh, we <laughs> haven't seen any fruit of our like suffering yet. And I just want to get to the point where like, I'm not yeah. questioning what is going on with this organization. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, expecting the black and white, like buying or selling, like pick one door or the other, you're not going to get it with this front office, right? Like that's not really how they operate. I guess they sort of did last year. I mean, when they were like miles and miles out of the playoff picture, they obviously weren't going to like buy pieces at that point. Um, but yeah, anyway, this, uh, this front office definitely has, I don't think you're the only one Mac who's, who's asking, asking some questions right now. Um, but Hey, speaking of, uh, being tired of mediocrity, um, <laughs> You should go over to gophnext.com and get yourself a membership where 
you will never find any mediocrity uh, mediocrity from us here as I can't even pronounce words uh, here at, at PHNX. Uh, go over to gophnx.com. Uh, get yourself a membership. We would love for you to become a member of the family. And when you do, you will either get a free t-shirt from the PHNX Locker or your first month for just 50 cents just for signing up. Um, that's either a free t-shirt if you go with the annual membership or your first month for just 50 cents um, if you go with the month to month. And as Michaela is demonstrating, <laughs> we have some incredible t-shirts uh, that you should go get uh, your hands on with an annual membership. So go over to gophnx.com, become a member of the family. Uh, I wrote a piece just yesterday about David Peralta and his legacy with it the Diamond a phenomenal Backs, piece. I don't want to hype Jesse up too much because he won't hype himself up, but it's so good. So good, Jesse. You killed it with that article. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, So yeah, go ahead, check out that article. And of course, we have Craig Morgan. We have Gerald Bourget. uh, We have Owen Evans. We have a number of fantastic writers over at gophnext.com bringing you a written side of our content that you don't always get uh, here on the show. So be sure to check that out. Mac, I want to talk a little bit more about David Peralta and just uh, his legacy here with the Diamondbacks. I know I had Jacob with me yesterday, but maybe you haven't gotten a chance to fully uh, express your thoughts on this move and just what he meant to this organization. I know you and Cheerston were talking about Peralta and the possibility of him moving uh, on the Phoenix Sports Pod just a few days ago. Um, This is tough. I mean, I think a lot of people are taking this pretty hard. from the front office standpoint, I'll try to give the explanation that I think the team is giving and one that I personally do think that I kind of understand. Basically, the Diamondbacks are saying we're not going to bring David Peralta back at the end of the season. He's a free agent. He's a left-handed hitting outfielder, and the Diamondbacks have way too many of those as it is. So it just wouldn't make sense to bring him back. Um, and so I guess you'd rather get something rather than nothing. And on top mm-hmm. of that, you'd like to open up some space for guys like Jake McCarthy to get an everyday role who might factor into the future of the team. Um, guys like Stone Garrett and Reno, guys like Dominic Fletcher, dare I say, guys like Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll. <laughs> yeah, I had to get his name in there eventually. Um, and so this this move theoretically opens up space for those guys, right? So you're, you're choosing to get something, which granted, uh, on paper, it's not much. Christian Serda is a 19-year-old catcher playing down in the rookie league. Uh, he is an unranked prospect for the Tampa Bay Rays, according to MLB Pipeline. So this is not a big-name prospect that the Diamondbacks got, but they needed some depth at the catcher position. They got it in Christian Serda, and theoretically, they're opening up some space for some of those, some of those young guys. Uh, but my guess is, Mac, for you and for a lot of fans out there, it feels like David Peralta was like a part of what it meant to like be a diamondback, right? Like he was a big part of this franchise, a big part of this community at large. And it feels like none of those explanations, even if they are reasonable to a certain degree, like none of those things can really like make up for what David Peralta meant to this team and how empty it feels with him not here. Yeah, definitely. This is like Paul Goldschmidt 2.0 and it's triggering me and making me very (laughs) upset. So it's definitely a tough one. And um, like you just laid it all out there, I guess I understand the reasoning behind it um, with him being a free agent next year. It totally makes sense. It's kind of like the same thing that they did with Goldie. Like they didn't think they were going to be able to keep Goldie and uh, except a little different because they have so much depth at the outfield position. And um, unfortunately, David Peralta's uh, time here didn't 
match up with the trajectory of the team and where they're at with their farm system. So I get it. I understand it. I don't really understand. I don't think necessarily getting a catching prospect in return was my favorite thing in the whole world. I guess they need depth of the position. So it is what it is, yeah. but I think that the value that David Peralta provides to a team like the Rays would have garnered a little bit something more than what they got in return. Um, That's a little bit unfortunate. I think if the return had been just a little bit better, I think it wouldn't have hurt as bad as it does. But they basically got nobody back. So um, (laughs) that sucks. And I'm not trying to take away from the kid. Like, not trying to (laughs) him, but it is what it is. I don't think that. Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of what David Peralta meant to the organization, like, he was just, like – as good of a baseball player as he was, he was a better human being. And, you know, it's really rare to find an athlete who is as talented as he is. And also just like the most genuine soul that you'll ever meet. Um, I was an intern for the Diamondbacks in 2018. And um, even before then, the first time I met him, I got credentialed to a game and I went to the locker room, terrified the clubhouse, terrified out of my mind. David Peralta (laughs) was the first person that came up to me to say hi, to introduce himself. He really made me feel welcome and he didn't have to do that. You know, it wasn't something that uh, is put in his contract. Being a nice guy is not required, but he took the time to make me feel comfortable. And then as as an intern, he was one of the only players that remembered my name, would ask me how I was doing, would remember details about my life and ask me about them. And me with him too, you know, I was there for when he became a dad for the first time. Um, So he's just a special human being. And I know that fans get a glimpse of his personality when they interact with him out at events or at games, but to really like get to be that close to him and to uh, like know him as a person, like I can't say enough good things. And I swear to God, I'm not just saying that like he is a gem of a human being. He would go out of his way to make anyone feel comfortable. I know Danielle, who's the photographer for MLB and does Diamondbacks games, like also has a very special story about David Peralta. And I think it just shows that he touched so many lives in so many positive ways. And he was always the first to be at community events, always giving back to the community, really invested in his, in his surroundings and the people that were around him. And just uh, what, like uh, the definition of a franchise player and like what an athlete should be for the city that he plays for. And um, of course, also being very talented and having the best personality, giving us iconic moments like the Grenke choo-choo, like, you know, it just just a gem of a human. So I'm I'm really sad to see him go. I think he is everything that the Diamondbacks organization should invest in as a franchise player. And um, obviously, it sucks that he's not in a Diamondbacks uniform anymore. And also has the best story in the world, like his story from independent baseball. Obviously, yeah. he's the best player to ever come from indie ball. So it was really cool that the Diamondbacks had that association with David Peralta and his story as an indie player. So just a huge loss and it's gonna it sucks for the community because he was so invested into the people of Arizona so I'm definitely bummed for him but I'm also bummed for us but I'm excited for him because he gets to go to a team that has a more realistic shot of the playoffs and doing some damage in the playoffs so um, hopefully we'll get to see Peralta win a ring at some point in his career because if anybody deserves it it's that guy but um, I'm a little sad it's a sad day I'm wearing black funeral for my David Peralta fandom um (laughs) but no matter where he goes I'll always be a fan because of how kind he was to me and I'll never forget how he treated me so you mentioned the uh the Zach Granke uh I think it was driving the bus right he got Zach oh yeah yeah that was the thing they were doing at the time which I believe we also have video of this moment there it is David Peralta trying to get Zach Granke to drive the bus and sure enough Granke eventually (laughs) gave it 
It was incredible. Literally the um, only time we ever see Zach Greinke personality, and it comes from um, David Peralta, of course. But Todd saying I have too much experience with these trades. Yeah, freaking tell me about it, dude. I'm tired of this. I'm done being on the side of this. the trades. Like, it is heartbreaking. <laughs> Yeah, there have been uh, there have been a few too many trades like this. I think everyone can agree in the last five or 10 years with this franchise, just a lot of a lot of players that that people really, uh, really enjoy, not just, you know, what they did on the field, but what they did off the field, like you were saying, um, it really stuck out to me how David Peralta was like, like, you could just tell in some of his exit interviews, how sad he genuinely was to leave this organization yeah. that has invested a lot in him. I mean, the Diamondbacks, uh, independent league scout Chris Carminucci, I want to say is his name. Um, he spent, I mean, they texted nonstop when David Peralta was playing in the independent league. Um, that's that's how David Peralta wound up with the organization. And that was more than a decade ago. Um, 2011 was when David Peralta started playing in independent league and when that relationship formed. So um, it's really just wild that the Diamondbacks have been able to um, find such a gem I mean, out of out of the independent league, you know, where a lot of times guys don't get major league opportunities once they're an independent league, uh, once they're an independent ball. But somehow David Peralta has found his way there. Um, so, yeah, we really can't say enough about the freight train and just what he means to uh, this organization and, and what he means to the city. Mac. I mean, it's it's crazy how big of a part of this city and, and just the brand of the Diamondbacks that he's been. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head, Jesse. And in a way, it's like it's it's just uh, I'm gonna try to get over it. But I don't know if I can. Ah, it's gonna be fine. Evan's gonna be fine. Uh, it'll make it all better if Pearl to win something. So <laughs> there you go. Well, if you uh, if you want to just forget about it, Mac, our friends uh, our friends over at OGs. I'm sure uh, could help out. Um, I believe there was an event yesterday at the Maya Day Club. Did I miss it again? Derek's going to be so mad at me if I did. You missed it again, my guy. Where were you? (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Well, not surprised. Uh, David Peralta got traded. So I had work to do yesterday. You know, there was a lot. You weren't in an intoxicated state at a pool party when that happened. So everything happens for a reason. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, go check out our friends over at OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at OGs Brands. Uh, you can also find their products at your local dispensary. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Uh, Mac, I believe they just launched their first ever limited edition seasonal flavor, which is Pina Colada, a perfect pineapple and creamy coconut blend. Uh, can you speak to this flavor and I your... Can. Yes. Yes. It is so good. It's literally perfect for summer. When you think of summer, you think of pina coladas. So um, I couldn't think of a better flavor to have for summer. It's not my favorite. It's a very close second. The orange creamsicle is my favorite flavor, but pina colada is like right up there. Um, It's so good. I can't recommend it enough. They have the 10 milligram options in Indica and Sativa, or they've got the microdose options in the three milligram if you don't want to like jump off the THC cliff right away, which I definitely recommend if you're new to the whole experience. (laughs) Um, But I can't say enough good things about OGs. They make moments like David Peralta getting treated a little less anxious. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Four Peaks. Of course, we were at their 8th Street uh, 8th Street Pub in Tempe on Wednesday doing all of our live broadcasts. Uh, had an incredible experience out there, Mac. I got to try the chicken tenders for the first time. 
I know they're a brewery. I know they're a brewery and like the food is not like the main thing that people are going to Four Peaks for. But for me personally, the chicken tenders, they lived up to the bill. I was I was very impressed. The chicken tendies to die for. I could literally eat my body weight in chicken tendies and still not get tired of them. <laughs> chef's kiss they also have just an incredible food menu in general i got to try a bunch of other things yeah so good but you know the beer the beer is incredible you can't forget about the beer hazy ipa is my favorite jesse what's your favorite which one do you like the most you know i've only had a couple of things um i believe i had the uh joy bus something yes. or other wow week oh, wow so there you go yes as you can all tell i am an aficionado when it comes to alcohol i know everything there is to know uh, <laughs> no that is that is definitely not true but the four peaks products that i've tried i have very much enjoyed so absolutely uh check them out for sure uh mac the diamondbacks have a series coming up against the cleveland guardians another pretty darn good team uh, i believe we have the upcoming schedule here that we can display on the screen. The Diamondbacks have uh, the Guardians coming up, and here we go. Um, and then they also have a series against the Colorado Rockies that'll be at home over the weekend. Uh, but Mac, another pretty good team here in in uh, Cleveland. They are probably not what the Atlanta Braves are, but still a couple five, couple games over 500 on the season. So uh, the road trip continues to Cleveland. It sure does. And I also have a feeling that the Diamondbacks aren't done with making some trades before the deadline on Tuesday. So it's going to be interesting to see what lineup they roll out with maybe some missing pieces, what rotation they go with with maybe some missing pieces, who they call to the bullpen with maybe some missing pieces. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how that series plays out. I really don't think they're done yet. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be watching closely. It's going to be an interesting one for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like people will be watching the games against the Cleveland Guardians, but they're probably going to be like more watching Twitter and like Jeff Passan's account and like yep. trying to figure <laughs> out if the Diamondbacks are uh, are planning on making any more moves. Uh, which on that topic, uh, a few names. We'll just kind of talk trade deadline here for a little bit since it's only a couple days away. Uh, the names that I'm looking at, Mac, and this is sort of I tried to put this in order of likelihood of being dealt. This is what I have. I have. Ian Kennedy, I would say he is the most likely, just given the fact that um, he's a veteran and, you know, he's 37 years old. Um, he has a pot, I believe he has a team option for next year. Um, so whatever team acquired him would have the option to bring him back next year if they wanted to. So that's certainly a possibility. Joe Mantiply is next on my list. Um, he's get the price tag is going to be much higher, which is why I'm a little bit less confident that this happens, that the Diamondbacks get what they want. Uh, but it's certainly possible. Um, after that, I have Zach Davies, who is injured right now, which is a little bit of an obstacle, but he's had a good year for the Diamondbacks, certainly a name that could draw interest. And then I have Christian Walker, Merrill Kelly, and Madison Bumgarner, um, none of which, frankly, do I think are particularly likely to get moved. Um, but we'll we'll have Especially to see how things turn out. Performance. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that probably uh, that probably did not help things. But, Mac, I'm, I'm curious. I want to ask you. Theory. Yes, yes. We we know about the conspiracy theory at this point. It makes perfect sense. Um, I want to ask you, though, the same question that I asked Jacob yesterday and then I asked Jeff, our special guest on Thursday. If I were to set the over-under on number of players off the Major League roster that the Diamondbacks trade at the trade deadline, if the over-under is two and a half, obviously we already have one in David Peralta, 
The over-under is two and a half. Are you taking the over or the under? What do you think? I'm going to take the over for sure. Um, I think the Diamondbacks are in a little bit of a weird position, and I wish I had a better picture of what is going through Mike Hazen's head right now. But I think after listening to Derek Hall say any trades they make is going to be to improve the major league roster, and then I guess what you were saying from what Hazen was saying in the press conference yesterday – I'm getting a lot of mixed messages, so it's kind of hard for me to get a read on really truly where <laughs> this organization is at. I mean, sure. if I am this organization, I would maybe want to offload some of like the older players that don't necessarily match up with the timeline of where this team is at. Um, so, you know, Ian Kennedy being one of them. Um, I wish they could offload Madison Bumgarner. Oh, my God. I would pay a team to take Madison Bumgarner at this point. Because yeah, like, they would have to. <laughs> his, his contract is horrible and he's not producing to the level of what his contract dictates um obviously i don't think that's gonna be very likely because i don't know what team would want madison bumgarner um i'm sorry if there's any massive bumgarner stands out there i'm basically just pooping <laughs> on your guy but um i don't i just i don't really understand where this organization's going like they could trade a guy like merrill kelly but he merrill kelly is so good and they would obviously get some better prospects for him, but Derek Hall said yeah. they're not interested in getting prospects because their farm system is so loaded still. So I don't know yeah. what like what kind of return you would get for a guy like Merrill Kelly that would interest the Diamondbacks because I don't think they really are necessarily looking to restock it. They're definitely not trying to restock their farm system. So at this point, like I genuinely don't know. I mean, I guess you could always use more pitching prospects, especially considering with how the Diamondbacks develop pitchers. Um, but yeah, it's just tough. Like, and I wouldn't want to trade Joe Mansupply because I know like you don't necessarily invest all your time and energy into the bullpen, but it's so hard to find a guy like Mantiply. And if you're not paying him a crap ton of money, like I don't understand why you wouldn't keep him and just like ride out whatever talent he has in him with the bullpen. So I don't necessarily agree with trading Joe Mansupply. I know that that's probably a player they would get more return for. Same with Merrill Kelly. I wouldn't really want to trade either of them. Everyone else though, that you mentioned on your list, I think is pretty much fair game. But again, Zach Davies is injured, so I don't know what you would get back for him. And they only seem to want to improve their major league roster. So I just, I don't know. <laughs> question marks, question marks everywhere, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's pretty hard to say. Uh, it seems like some people in the chat said over, some said under. I think James Atwood said under with an interesting explanation. He expressed concerns about a youngster. He said, I'm feeling uh, a bit of dread that a youngster might go so that is certainly possible as well maybe it is that you know the diamondbacks only deal two guys off of the major league roster but maybe they trade a minor leaguer who's who's relatively close to the majors based on based on what we've heard from the front office i really wouldn't rule that out as weird as it, as weird as it is for a team that is nine games out of the playoff race and probably not going for it this year i think it is entirely possible that the diamondbacks do move some of their minor league talent um, of course, in return, you know, they're not looking for a rental. They're not looking for someone who's only under team control through the end of the season or through the end of next year. But it's possible they could swap like a prospect that they have right now, um, yeah. maybe a young outfielder just because they have so much depth oh, there. Maybe they swap. Yeah, maybe they swap a young outfielder and go get like a young third baseman or go yeah. get a young you know, maybe they find a young starting pitcher, like a guy who fills a need that they have elsewhere in the organization. Yeah, I could definitely see them doing that. I think that makes more sense for the direction that this team is trying to go with um, trying to be competitive in like 2023 and 2024. So that definitely like makes more sense to me. Um, but yeah, geez, I will say though, 
Everybody, get your seatbelts on, buckled, and tightened for this trade deadline because I have seen multiple reports from baseball insiders who have talked to some MLB execs around the league saying this trade deadline is about to get crazy. And I'm talking blockbuster trades that we haven't seen in a while. So obviously those are just reports from some insiders around the league. (laughs) Take that for what you will. But if I were you, I would keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times and make sure your belt is tightly buckled because this trade deadline is supposedly (laughs) going to be one of the craziest we've seen in a while. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, anytime a guy like Juan Soto is on the market and like expected to get moved, that's a pretty big deal. Like those kinds of things don't happen at the trade deadline very often. So it really could be it really could be pretty crazy. And the D-backs front, though, Mac, I'm going to I'm taking the under. I think okay. it's probably I think it's David Peralta plus either Joe Mansupply or Ian Kennedy. I'm guessing that one of those two relievers gets moved. I'd be somewhat surprised if both of them got moved, although that is, that is certainly possible. Um, I just, I, I think that from what we've heard from the D-backs, they're not interested in like the all-out seller mode. They're not interested in dealing guys like Merrill Kelly or Christian Walker unless they're getting a lot in return. And I'm just not sure that other teams will value Merrill Kelly and Christian Walker the same way that the Diamondbacks do. And the reality is the D-backs have a role for those guys moving forward. Like it would be very hard to replace Merrill Kelly in the rotation. It would be very hard to replace Christian Walker at first base. They don't really have like any other clear options there. So just given the fact that it would be hard to replace those guys, I'm going to bet they probably don't get enough of an offer to justify moving them. But that's just what I think, Mac. Do you think I'm, do you think I'm crazy? No, not at all. Okay. No, I think we both made very solid arguments for our point that are fair and founded in reason. So I'll <laughs> stick by. I'll stick by my over. I don't think the Diamondbacks are done. Um, I'm getting a little nervous. I got the cold sweats. My tummy's upset. But uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see come <laughs> Tuesday night, right? <laughs> well, yeah. So you'll definitely want to uh, be on our show tomorrow. Definitely join us for our show tomorrow at 1 p.m. Uh, we'll be on for Mailbag Monday, everyone. So we'll put on. Uh, we'll put out a tweet a little bit later today asking for all of your questions. Of course, if you're a member, you have access to the Discord. Uh, we would love to take questions from you there as well. Uh, so big Mailbag Monday party tomorrow at 1 p.m. We'll be talking a lot of trade deadline, I'm sure. Uh, and I'm sure someone's going to ask uh, if we have like a VHS player or something bizarre uh, <laughs> like like Derek was asked Jesse, last time around. I so. know what a VHS player is. And I also know that you could record things on VHS tape. <laughs> record every episode of survivor on our vhs tapes and if i know that and you don't that's scary because i didn't know who bruce springsteen was up until last year so we got problems <laughs> my guy <laughs> i'm pretty sure we take the award for like like least pop culture knowledge like totally. maybe just like least knowledge about like how the world used to be in general because i definitely clearly i've i've made it abundantly clear that that is not my specialty, like knowing how the world worked like 15 or 20 years ago. Um, But yes, I did grow up with VHS tapes. I just didn't know that you could like record TV shows and movies and stuff. Like, I just didn't know that that was a thing. So yeah, um, it's a thing. And if I know that that's bad, that's really bad. (laughs) Probably pretty bad. Um, But Hey, uh, speaking of bad, the Diamondbacks uh, position in the all city division is not exactly uh, trending upwards, but uh, things are looking better here than they are in the NL West. That's for sure. Uh, The Chicago White Sox have now inched, up over 500, so they're 51 and 50 in our all-city division, uh, leading everyone else. 
Uh, the Rockies are 46 and 56. The Diamondbacks are 45 and 56. So those two teams are neck and neck. Uh, and then the Chicago Cubs, of course, riding the basement in the All City Division Ooh. at 41 and 59. Uh, Mac, we've been talking a lot about how our goal is just to make Patrick Lyons look as silly as we possibly can. Uh, he spoke at the beginning of the season about how unlikely and impossible it was for the Diamondbacks to finish with a better record than the Colorado Rockies. So um, I know we saw you in a Colorado Rockies jersey at Coors Field about a month ago, so I'm not totally sure which side no, of this didn't. you fall no, on. You didn't. It didn't happen. <laughs> It's on Twitter, Mac. It's on Twitter. There's no getting around it now. Uh, but, uh, Mac, I'm curious. What do you think the Diamondbacks' chances are of finding a way to come out on top of the Colorado Rockies when it's oh, all said and done? Yes, a thousand percent. If I know anything about the Colorado Rockies is they only get worse as time goes on. And we haven't really hit the rockiest <laughs> month of their organization, which is typically in September. So just wait. They might think that they are in the clear and they're going to finish ahead of the Diamondbacks. But I know, I know this Rockies organization and they are going to tank. <laughs> At some point, crap is going to hit the fans so hard like it always does every single season. And it hasn't happened yet. So the Diamondbacks will finish ahead of the Rockies. I am very confident in that because the Rockies just are somehow more of a mess than the Diamondbacks are. I don't know how that's possible, but yeah. they figured out a way to be even messier than the Diamondbacks. So just wait, just wait. I promise. Yeah. Well, they just, they just extended Daniel Bard, which I find just utterly baffling. Just I mean, you want to talk about, you want to no, talk about what you were saying started. earlier with like a team that's not willing to like pick a direction. The Rockies are, the Rockies do not have the farm system. The Diamondbacks do. They're not just uh. naturally going to get better. And yet somehow they're going out and they're bringing back a closer that would probably net a lot on the trade market. I mean, Daniel Bard has been fantastic for the Rockies this year. And for some reason, they bring him back on a two-year deal. I mean, I guess it's a good story. But, Mac, I, if there's one organization I don't understand, it is the Colorado Rockies for sure. Just see, if I could explain to you why the Rockies do what the Rockies do, I would be the GM of the Colorado Rockies or the owner. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> I will never understand any of the decisions that they make. They don't want to play their best player in franchise history, but then a year later they bring in the, uh, the same player, the same position that's less talented and almost the exact same money. They give a bunch of money to a guy in the bullpen. Like, how have they not learned at this point that investing in the bullpen is bad idea? A couple of years ago, they spent over $100 million on their bullpen, and their bullpen was yeah. garbage. And now they're going to yeah. get a guy <laughs> who's old, a bunch of money. Like, what are they doing? What is going on? I'm sorry. I could go on for hours about the Rockies and how upset they make me. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's good for Diamondbacks fans because – if you think that D-backs are a mess, there's always a team that is messier than they are, and that is the Colorado <laughs> Rockies. So at least we have something to hang our hat on. We're not as bad as the Rockies front office is because that is a joke of an organization and a joke of a front office, and their owner is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. Mac, bring the hot takes today. Um, <laughs> well, hey, this is a great segue because you all should bet against the Colorado Rockies on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I mean, that just seems like a no-brainer. Uh, Diamondbacks, of course, just a half game behind them right now. We'll, we'll see if they're able to uh, come out on top in the standings when it's all said and done. Uh, but yeah, you're looking for a team to bet against and you're a Diamondbacks fan. The Colorado Rockies are a prime candidate. Uh, so you should all go and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX, make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Mac, I sure hope you didn't take the over on the run line in this game with the Diamondbacks and the Braves because that would not have ended well for you. I sure did not. I only have two rules in sports betting, and that is never bet on the Arizona State Sun Devils and never bet on the Arizona Diamondbacks (laughs) because you never know what you're going to get with either of those teams at any given time. So, you know, I won't even go there. Didn't you, didn't you go to ASU? Yep. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Well, clearly you don't have a whole lot of Sun Devil pride. It's too to much a of a variable. Like it's too much of an unknown. You literally never know what you're going to get. Like one day they're really good. One day they're really bad. And I just don't want to put my money where my mouth is and risk any of that. So, you know. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, our other sponsor I want to give a quick shout out to is a newer one for us, uh, FOCO. Uh, FOCO is a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles for all those of you who have been missing out on the bobbleheads this year, which we have a horrendous lack of bobbleheads on the Diamondbacks promotional schedule uh, this season. But FOCO has you covered uh, with the best Arizona merchandise. They have officially licensed gear for men, women and kids and everything from not only bobbleheads. They also have swimsuits and Crocs as well. Head on over to foco.com or click the link below in the description. Uh, for all non-presale items, use the code PHNX for 10% off. Mac, I've been advocating for us to get like a Serpientes bobblehead uh, in the Ooh. office. I want I want there to be a Diamondbacks player in a Serpientes uniform like sitting right next to me when I'm on the show. I think it would bring me a lot of comfort while I'm sitting there uh, next to Derek having to do with him all the time. So hopefully we can get that to happen at some point. That would be pretty sweet. We definitely need a Serpientes uh, bobblehead for sure. We'll get right on that. See if we can uh, see if we can pull that off. Or one of you guys could use that promo code and and get it for us and send it to the office. We would we would not be opposed to that. Uh, do us a favor. Bobbleheads of animals. I kind of want one of my cat. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Say hi, Cleo. <laughs> She's like, put me down. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to ask our friends at Foco if they do uh, bobbleheads of cats. I wouldn't be particularly optimistic. I would um, buy that so fast. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a market for bobbleheads of people's pets. I'm sure that that idea has been someone has taken action pets, on that idea no, at this point. Sports, yes. Go get your sports bobbleheads, everybody. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Uh, well, that is all that we have uh, for this show today. Thank you all for hopping on with us after yet another loss in the last game of the series. Mac, I feel like we're somehow cursed. Um, it has been over a month, well over a month now, I believe, since the Diamondbacks have won the last game of the series that we have done a post-series show for. Um, oh. So I don't know where the problem. Maybe we need to start going like post second game of the series rather than like at the very end of the series. Uh, things haven't been great so far, but hopefully we get some better luck at some point. We'll uh, we'll see how that turns out. Um, but once again, thank you all for joining us. We have Mailbag Monday coming tomorrow at 1 p.m. That'll be live right back here on the PHNX YouTube channel. So be sure um, to check us out. We would love to see you then. We can answer questions that you put on Twitter or Discord in advance, or we could also answer questions uh, that you give us live. Uh, so be sure to come out and join us tomorrow. We would love to see you there. Uh, thank you all again uh, for being here with us after a depressing Diamondbacks loss at the hands of Mark Melanson, who took his ninth loss of the season. Uh, but remember, everyone, baseball is fun, but it is even more fun when David Peralta is an Arizona Diamondback.